You know, not every moment we spend with our kids has the same potential to make a spiritual impact with them. Some moments are, in fact, teachable moments, and wise parents learn to arrange those in advance. I mean, other times the opportunity for a teachable moment shows up on the heels of a question or a comment that your child makes. But either way, we want to be able to make the most of them when they happen because of the truth that we share in the moment, the questions we ask that spark more conversation, and even the use of a few simple, simple supplies that we've gathered in advance with a specific purpose in mind. Now, I'm sharing this lesson today because it just so happens that right now, we're entering into a whole season of teachable moments. And with a little advanced planning and preparation, we can make exceptional use of the holiday season to captivate our children's hearts and minds with the greatest story ever told. I mean, maybe you've been, like me, a little bit discouraged and even, frankly, honestly, a little bit disgusted by the way our culture celebrates the holidays by excluding Christ out of Christmas. And, you know, you might want to listen in because right now is the perfect opportunity to reclaim Christmas as a meaningful spiritual celebration of the birth of Christ. I'm Kelly J. Grace, and this is Divine Connections, a podcast about connecting the truth you believe to the life you really live. And you're listening to Episode 9, Capturing Teachable Moments with Your Kids. Now, this week, I'm sharing another lesson that grew out of my ministry to Christian families, and the concept is part of that framework that I've created for an online course for Christian parents, and I shared some of that framework with you in episode six that was called What Makes Christian Parenting Christian, and in that episode, I talked about the four times of day that are actually mentioned in Deuteronomy 6 specifically for us to talk about God with our kids. I mean, it's these are naturally occurring opportunities within any day. <clears throat> Excuse me. So this is Deuteronomy 6, 6 and 7. And it says, And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart, and you shall teach them diligently to your children, and you shall talk of them when you sit in your house, and when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. So maybe you remember I called those things hang time, that time you're sitting in your house, drive time, that's when you walk by the way. For us, it's commuting predominantly. And then lie down, that's your bedtime. And when you rise up, I called that rise and shine. So you've got hang time, drive time, bedtime, and rise and shine. Four opportunities in a day when you have a chance to talk about God with your children. Those tend to be teachable moments that are kind of packaged in every day that we have. Now, you can pick one, you can do all four, but just begin to make that a natural part of your day to talk to your kids and with your kids about God. But right now, right now, we have an incredible opportunity 
for you to captivate your child's imagination with Jesus during the season of Advent. And in today's episode, I really want to share how you can take advantage of Advent to draw your children into both the nativity story and then the larger story of redemption, uh, what many have called the greatest story ever told. So today's lesson goes back, though, to two distinct events in my own life. And one was the strange and the very surreal experience of waking up alone in my house on Christmas morning. Now, that had never happened in my entire life. I mean, obviously, all of my childhood, I woke up in my family home with my brother and sister and my parents there, and often many cousins and so forth. Um, I'm a baby boom baby, so I have 23 first cousins. <laughs> so Christmas was often this huge affair with lots of kids around, all of us much the same age, because our fathers had come home from World War II at the same time. So anyway, that was my childhood experience of Christmas. And then, of course, I got married, I had children, and my home always, you know, I was never there alone Christmas morning. Our kids were always there. So my husband, though, on this particular Christmas morning, had gotten up really early to drive 45 minutes to our oldest son's home and drop off some gifts and say Merry Christmas and so forth. But I was cooking that day for about 30 people. And so I had to get up early to get these two giant turkeys, uh, the stuffing made and get them in the oven. So I get up, but it felt so weird just weird to be alone in the house. And so I decided, well, before I start chopping up that onion and celery, I'm going to put on some Christmas music. So I pulled out this, um, it looked like a Christmas CD, but it actually was called Nine Lessons and Carols. And it was recorded at King's College in Cambridge, England. Now, I had never heard of it before, and um, I only had it because I bought a 10-pack CD of classical music, and this was included in it. So I'd never heard of it before. I didn't know what to expect when I put it on, but I put it on, and I, I just want to say, it was the most beautiful, deeply moving experience listening to the readings and the songs. And I found myself just pulled into that worship and weeping. Now, I was only cutting up the celery, so I wasn't crying because of the onions yet, but it was so beautiful. It just led me right into worship, and it was wonderful. So it was this you know, whole new kind of worship experience that opened up for me. And it was, in fact, the very first exposure I'd ever had to Advent. And it made me wish that I had known at the beginning of the Advent season about this whole celebration, this observance of Advent. Uh, because I think I've told you before, I didn't grow up going to church. So, you know, Advent is a, definitely a church thing, and it had never been part of my youth, my experience growing up. And even when I became a Christian, I was attending non-denominational churches. So, you know, I really had not experienced Advent even after I'd become a Christian. But that year, right after all of the 
hubbub of Christmas was done, I went on Amazon and I started researching books about Advent. I wanted to know more about what it was. And so I found two books and I can wholeheartedly recommend both of these. You'll find them in the show notes on the website. Um, But the first is called Watch for the Light and the second is called Preparing for Jesus. And I have really enjoyed both of them. And as I said, I can recommend them to you completely. They're just beautiful readings that help get your heart and your mind and your spirit in the right in the right place, really. Um, you know, we have to push back a little on what happens in our culture and what we get pulled into kind of the chaos and hubbub of the holiday season. You and I as Christians. And with our families, we want to celebrate Christmas, not the holidays. We want to celebrate the coming of Christ into the world. So um, those two books helped me. But I just received a book called A Thrill of Hope, Celebrating Advent at Home by Ashley Wallace. And really, the next two things I'm going to share with you, Ashley's book and one other, are the real things that prompted this podcast, because this lesson is, from my own life, is a way really of enriching my own faith and for you to enrich not only your own faith and experience, but your children's. So again, that's why I'm calling this Capturing Teachable Moments. And this is incredibly intentional on your part if you decide to do this, even if you only do a few of these um the things that Ashley shares in her book, it can make an incredible impression with your children and it can help you begin to establish some traditions that impart real meaning, real spiritual meaning into the Christmas season with your children. So again, I'll call it Advent, but we are talking about from November 28th up until Christmas. So I received Ashley's book and you need to know about her. Ashley is married to an Anglican priest. And of course, the Anglican Church does observe Advent, as do many other um, denominational churches. So she, though, is the homeschooling mother of four. And this little book that she's written is a wonderful guide to celebrating Advent, even for, or maybe I should say, especially for those who come from a church where Advent isn't observed. And it's really designed by a mom with your family in mind. Ashley has, she's included readings, traditions, devotions, and even recipes. And all of them are simple, but they have the power to impart deep meaning into each and every week of Advent. And, you know, it gives you an opportunity to gather your kids and do something structured. It's very simple, but it's structured, and it communicates to them part of this observation of Advent and the story of Christ coming into the world. It is a book for God's people, and that's the thing about Advent. Again, having been in non-denominational churches, sometimes we forget that we are part of the church worldwide. We are part of that larger group beyond our own denominational or even non-denominational distinctives, the things that actually kind of 
separate us from others, the things that make us, you know, other than them. And yet there's that sense in which every, every single Christian denomination that names the name of Jesus Christ, that considers that he is God in the flesh, and that our salvation was accomplished by his work here when he walked among us, they are our brethren. And some of them have for year, for hundreds, if not thousands of years, included this observation of Advent in their practices. So we can learn from them, and we can, at this time and in this way, feel ourselves and communicate with our kids that we belong to this global church where God is every day calling into it new people, new children coming into the kingdom who have come by faith to place their trust in Jesus Christ for salvation. So, as Ashley says, let us, as God's people, reclaim the beauty and the longing of the season of Advent and celebrate it with the church throughout the world. Now, I also have another book to recommend, and it's called Shadow and Light, A Journey into Advent. Now, this was written by Tish Oxenrider, and I'm so excited to share it with you. Tish is the mother of three, and she wanted something for her own family as a short guide, and yet she describes it as rich in meaning, marinated in tradition, yet fit for a family. So she says, I just wanted something simple. And Trish was like me. She was raised without an experience of Advent. And even as she had been in church, her church practices never included Advent. So she wanted to learn about it. And so she kind of dove into it. But she said everything that she found, you know, tended to be a little too deep for her kids. She has kids um, that span five years, so she wanted something that was going to be applicable to them. She said she wanted something that spoke to her as an adult who longed for an invitation to focus on the incarnation of Christ and something that spoke to my growing children as well. So she makes the point that um, and she says it this way, the liturgical year is a recognition and celebration of feasts and seasons transforming our ordinary 12-month calendar into sacred time. Now, she says, we inherited that idea from our Jewish ancestors in the Old Testament, who commemorated both holy days, such as Yom Kippur, and holy ordinary practices, such as recognizing a Sabbath day every one day out of seven. And people have marked time and seasons since the beginning of written history, and followers of Christ have continued this ancient tradition since the early days of the church. Now, what I love about that, and part of what really prompted this, I told you two events, one was that day waking up, in my house all by myself and discovering Advent as I'm preparing the the stuffing for those two turkeys. And the second was I had received Tish's book, and as I was looking through it, I came across that phrase, sacred time, transforming our ordinary calendar into sacred time. 
And I just really felt like the Holy Spirit was impressing on me. This is how, with our kids, we actually can craft, we can structure, uh, we can plan for a whole season of teachable moments. We can buy up an opportunity with our kids. So as a Christian parent, you have two major opportunities in the year to draw your children's attention to God, to his work, and to his entry into the history of man. And for for us to put to shine the spotlight on God's big story of salvation and redemption. And I want to challenge you, if you begin at Advent and you carry on a similar practice all the way through Easter, you will have covered in some years almost five months of the calendar talking about God, maybe doing some kind, whether you make an Advent calendar, whether you create an Advent wreath, uh, whether you do something special for Easter as an observation, you set up a nativity scene yourself at Christmas, uh, you build, you know, the empty tomb. Um, I live in California where we make every fourth grader makes one of the California missions. How much better for us to make, you know, a rudimentary empty tomb and for that message to dive deep into our children's thoughts and imagination as they're growing up, they will understand that Christmas is Christ coming into the world and that Easter is his summation of his work of redemption and an affirmation that we also have the hope of life eternal because he rose from the dead, we will as well. So you'll have an opportunity in that four to five month period to over and over again talk about the things of God with your kids. So as I said, Advent leads up to the coming of Christ into the world. Christmas becomes, instead of the culmination of a bunch of holiday chaos, it becomes the first phase of God's plan coming into action. It's the story of Emmanuel, of God with us. So can you see? I mean, just stop and think for a minute and let this kind of float around in your mind for a while. This gives you an opportunity to cover the gospel stories, even starting with the birth of Christ there in Luke, and go through the life of Christ in the gospels all the way to Easter and the beautiful fulfillment of the promise of redemption and that hope of eternal life. So if you think of it this way, you have an opportunity to link those two major holy days. Um, You know, the world calls them holidays, but to you and to me and to our children, we want them to be holy days. We want our children to understand the importance, the significance. Again, I go back to Deuteronomy when it says, and when your children ask you, what do these things mean? You know, it's our job as parents to impart to our children, not just the basics of the faith, but what these things mean. So as your children grow and mature, 
You could go all the way back into the Old Testament. You could tie in the prophecies given in Isaiah of the child who would be born and the son who would be given. You can trace back through those genealogies and see that Mary goes all the way back to King David, and Joseph's genealogy is given there as well. Your children will slowly begin to see that God has been working to bring salvation to mankind throughout all of human history. And I want to share with you a verse I learned years and years ago. And this verse, I think we overlook this sometimes, especially those of us who are evangelical and we take on kind of the heavy lifting of sharing our faith and we forget this truth. This is Psalm 74, 12. For God is my king of old, working salvation in the midst of the earth. God has never stopped, ever, not one day, calling men back into a right relationship with himself. He's been building his kingdom throughout since Adam and Eve fell in the garden. It was clear God had a plan of redemption even then. So I I really want to encourage you to take advantage, to make the most of this opportunity. So I want you to go to kellyjgrace.com forward slash podcast, and you will find the links to these books in the show notes for episode nine, Capturing Teachable Moments with Your Kids. And I want to just close this with a little brief reading from Ashley's book. Uh, she includes this in her book, A Thrill of Hope. Um, these words actually are from what's called the bidding prayer, and it's said each year at the Advent Festival of Lessons and Carols. Once again, if you're not in a church that observes Advent, you've probably never heard this, but it's beautiful. Beloved in Christ, in this season of Advent, let it be our care and delight to prepare ourselves to hear again the message of the angels and in heart and mind to go even unto Bethlehem to see the babe lying in a manger. Let us read and mark in Holy Scripture the tale of the loving purposes of God from the days of our disobedience unto the glorious redemption brought us by his holy child, and let us look forward to the yearly remembrance of his birth with hymns and songs of praise. Heavenly Father, you've told us to be wise and not foolish, to redeem the time because the days are evil. So we pray, help us reclaim the celebration of Christmas as holy, reverent, and joyful in the observation of the greatest gift ever given, and the most beautiful love story ever told. The story, Lord, of your love for us and your gift of Jesus Christ to us. Now, Father, I pray especially for parents all around the world who long to share you with their children. Father, inspire them with your truth. Empower them by your Holy Spirit and guide them with your grace as they learn to lead their children 
into a real, genuine, and meaningful lifelong friendship with you. Lord, we ask that you would be glorified in our lives, in our homes, in our families, in our communities, Lord, and in this world, that we would worship you, for you are so worthy, and that we would, by the way we observe these things, give a testimony that this holiday is truly about your gift, about Jesus Christ, and that we want to honor you by proclaiming that. We thank you for it. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, once again, you can find me on Instagram at Kelly J. Grace. You can visit the website, as I said, kellyjgrace.com, and find resources there uh, for your marriage, for your own spiritual self-care. And then through the podcast notes, you'll be able to find these resources that I pray will be a blessing to you. And once again, if you're enjoying this podcast, would you please tell a few friends or hit that follow button yourself? And if you'd like, it means so, so much if you'd leave a review so others can find out what we're about and how they can find us. All right. I will see you next week.